My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Welcome back to the show, you guys. We have a really exciting interview ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on, Jennifer Askey. She's a leadership coach and consultant who works with individuals and teams to help them become more productive, effective, and fulfilled at work. She has spent the, she has devoted the last 10 years learning all she can about positive psychology and emotional intelligence and the growth mindset and mindfulness so that she can help others do the same and build a rewarding career in the process. Super excited for today. Welcome on the show, Jennifer. How's it going? It's going super well, Brittany. Thank you so much for asking. I'm glad to be here. I'm going to cough for a second. Hold on. <laughs> Getting over a cold. You're, but here we are. You're all good. Everyone's sick. Everyone's sick, I swear. Right now. Sick. So I just yeah. got over one as well. But you know, we're gonna have some great conversation today. We're gonna go over what's working in the business and the podcast. We're gonna go over, you know, some of the challenges. We'll talk about your journey and a couple other topics. So we'll have some great conversation within that alone. We'll go have a lot of takeaways. So Jen, bef- Jennifer, before we dive into, you know, uh, I guess the business and the podcast, would you mind just going ahead and giving us a little brief um, backstory on how you got to where you are? What was your journey? Sure. Like? Sure. So um, I, my first career was in academia. I was a professor of German language and literature, and I did that in the United States and I trained in Germany and in the U.S. And in let's see here in 2005 I got what's called a tenure track role so that's you have five or six years of probation and then when you get tenure you have a job and a career for life doing the thing that you spent a decade training to do and um, so in 2010 I got tenure and I was going to be a German professor forever Um, but I am in what is called in academia, um, a couple that has a two body problem. So we had two people, both with ambitious academic careers and the challenge of finding one institution that wanted to employ both of us at the thing we loved. And, um, as it transpired, my husband was underemployed and I was employed and we tried various solutions. And what we ended up doing was following his job, which paid more money and, moved to Canada about 11 years ago. And so I, a year after I got job security for life, I walked away um, and I thought, oh, I'll figure, I'll figure something out and I'll still be an academic somehow. And um, I did various things in Canada for a while um, in and around academia, but I realized I had to, I had to build a career instead of relying on a university to hire me to do something. And in order to build that career, I worked with a couple different coaches and both of the coaches I worked with said, you should look into being a coach. It really overlaps with how you operate and what you care about. um, And you should look into that. So I dove about six years ago, seven years ago, I dove headfirst into coach training and came out in 2017 as a certified coach. 
and have been working primarily with academics, but with other you know, knowledge workers, people who um, produce stuff with their minds since then. Wow. Incredible. You know, taking that leap of faith as soon as, I mean, really within the same year that you got that stability for life from your your job. Yeah. And I thought that stability was the most important thing. Um, And I think over the course of the past 10 years, I've shifted my mindset to where, um, and I think, you know, you can look around even in industries like academia, where there's tenure, Um, institutions don't really provide us with security, right? Our own creativity, our own grit, our own ability to to plan and set goals and see them through. Like that's what gives us security. I think relying on an institution to do that, um, it might not have served me well anyway. So I'm glad I made the leap. Incredible. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story. Now, do you mind just telling us a little bit more about your business. If you want to dive in it a little deeper, you yeah. to talk about the product, uh, the services that you offer and how you sure. deliver them, yeah. programs, schemes. So I started out working exclusively one-on-one with people, um, doing one-on-one coaching. Um, I have a package that's a year of one-on-one coaching and we figure out what, what success is going to look like for you in a year. And we work really hard both on the action items and on the the mindset, the internal work you have to do in order to become the person who does all the great things that you have planned for your life. Um, But my one-on-one practice got full. And so um, I just started a group coaching program where I take sort of the the greatest hits, right? The things that always come up in one-on-one coaching and have a year-long group program where we we start with your values and what you care about and your big why, right? If you're familiar with Simon Sinek's work. And then we work on things like um, goal setting and building trust and mindset and connection to your body because a lot of people walk around like heads on sticks, right? People who are who are knowledge workers, they think that everything they do is up here. And so I work on getting people connected to their bodies. Um, and so that program is, it's I'm doing sort of a long launch in November and December of 2022, and it's going to be all of 2023. Sort of enroll whenever, because we can jump in wherever and you hang out for a year and really do all of that personal development stuff that helps you become the professional you want to become. And then the other thing that I do that I, I love, because, you know, I used to be a classroom instructor, right? I was a professor. I taught seminars and large classes and all of that stuff. And so the energy of a room is really important to me. Um, and so I also do work with teams, primarily at universities, um, but I've worked with banks and other places like that, too, where let's say you have new leadership or a new strategic direction or a new budget And you need to get a group of people who are sort of, um, everybody wants to be an independent operator. Let's get everybody on board. Um, Let's figure out what are the talents that the group brings and how we maximize individual talent in order to reach team goals. Um, And there I tend to work with assessments. I have a really great assessment that comes from the UK that's called Belbin Team Roles. And it, it just celebrates the kind of person you are and recognizes that, okay, if you work like this, this is how you function best in a team. And so let's appreciate that and double down on that and not ask you to do things that you stink at. 
Um, and then I have another assessment that I'm wild about. It's called resilience at work, right? And I think like this is the topic right now, um, you know, sort of kind of post-COVID, maybe we're post-COVID, who the hell ever knows. Um, but as people come back to the office or not, or part-time or hybrid or whatever, um, what does resilience mean? And it, it doesn't just mean like buckle down, put your nose to the grindstone, um, suck it up and get it done. Like resilience is a whole person thing. Are you well? What's your well-being like in community, individually in your body, at work? And how do we maximize that individually and on a team so that teams can get good work done? Um, and I really love doing that because it's both of those things are a combination of an individual learning about themselves and then sort of deploying themselves really well at work. Um, so that's the group work I do. Uh, and I am a huge fan of it. And I think it's really important because even if you have like a group of people who are all doing okay, you bring them together and those new dynamics um, mean that even if everybody individually is performing pretty well as a group, they might not be, right? You, there needs right. to be some attention given to how do groups, offices, teams function instead Absolutely. of just trusting that you're a professional, you'll get it done, you're smart, go take care of it. It's like, oh no, let's come together and pay attention to that. Love this. I mean, I think it's so important having that resiliency at work and also the fact that you work with mindset and you work with um, you know, that kind of stuff. Cause it's important. That's so important. Honestly, I think in the workplace and also as entrepreneurs, like that's absolutely also starts up here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you can set amazing goals, but if you're setting really ambitious goals, the person you are today might not be the person who reaches those goals, right? How do you align yourself with that future you who's going to hit those goals? And that's a mindset thing. And for Absolutely. me, mindfulness is the, is the tool to get there. I, there are probably other tools, but my tool is mindfulness. Amazing. It's so important to work on that kind of stuff um, in order to get successful, you know, or make your way because there's going to be so many ups and downs. And mm -hmm. if you're mindful of them and if you're working consistently on your mindset, that's not going to yep. stop you, you know? Yep. Um, amazing. So tell us a little bit about the podcast and your intentions behind it. When did you mm -hmm. start it and where are you at today? Okay. My podcast is called The Mindful Academy. And I started it um, ooh, a little haphazardly during the pandemic. Um, I believe my first couple episodes were recorded in a closet in the basement. That wasn't very fun. Um, so I got better equipment. I have now been I there. Yeah. So I got better equipment and I can record up here now. And um, I'm actually, my office is going to get remodeled. I'm going to get some felt tiles, going to continue to improve, improve the acoustics of my office. Um, but I started it with the, the intention of talking to my academic people about what being mindful can do for them and how to incorporate a mindfulness framework in your day-to-day -day life and work. And, and that's still pretty much the message, but in, oh, how many episodes do I have? So, so the last year, 2022 has been when I've really taken it seriously. 
Um, so I have 20 some odd episodes and I'm really focusing in on sharing some of the tools that I use in both one-on-one -on -one and group coaching to help people be more productive, be more effective and um, to feel better at work, right? Because misery, if, if you ascribe to traditional mindfulness work, right? That comes from Buddhism. Um, misery is optional, right? We create misery in our minds. And that isn't to deny the fact that there is actual real misery in the world. But how do you approach your own bumps in the road? Um, and so everybody's going to have bumps in the road, right? Life is a bowl of cherries, right? Sometimes you have the cherry and sometimes you have the pits. What's going to happen when you run into those pits and your choice is, do I let that derail me? Do I spiral into constant negativity? Oh, this is so hard. Oh, I, it's never going to work for me. Uh, why is it so easy for everybody else? Oh shit, what are they going to think, right? Do you let the bump spiral you in that direction? Or do you recognize, oh yeah, that's that's my neg that's my internal default network telling me bad crap because that's what your inner critic does. And can I pull myself away from that default network into my choice, which is I choose to see this as a challenge that's going to help me grow. I choose to see this as, you know, maybe this door closed and this other door opened, right? I thought I was going to be teaching 19th century German literature for the rest of my life. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really sad about that for a while. And then I was like, holy cow, what else is out there for me? So that that intentional shift is what mindfulness does and allows us to do. And so that's one of the big themes in the podcast. I love this. This is great. It's so powerful, you know, um, to have a podcast covering that stuff because it's really important. So important. So now, do you do mostly solo episodes or do you do interviews as well? Right now, they're mostly solo. I have several interviews lined up for 2023. Um, I, have a, I have a colleague, her name is Rebe Rebecca Hope Ruark. I don't know where she's located in the States, but she just published a, a book on faculty burnout. And of course, there are lots of burnout books right now sort of this, a sign of the times. Um, but Rebecca and I are going to talk specifically about burnout in educational contexts. And um, and I have somebody lined up where we're going to talk about the concept of mastery. What does it mean to be really good at something? I'm kind of excited. This is about exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I have a few interview episodes lined up. And and I'm going to probably intersperse solo with interview. Um, but again, I, I come from a teaching background. So right. I, I think of my podcast as my opportunity to teach and engage, right? I really want to know people are out there listening. And what I love is when I hear from people um, who make appointments to talk about coaching with me to say, I listened to your podcast, so I would know what to expect. Or I listened to your podcast, and then I thought, oh, she can help me. Um, so I love that. Isn't it amazing, like having a podcast, and then even years down the road, there's going to be people that are going to be like, I've been listening to your podcast for the last two years, 
and I am ready to work with you. I need you. I need your help. Yeah. Let's go. Yep. Like, yeah. There so are people powerful. I've been listening to for years and they don't know I exist, but someday right. I'll be like ready for that investment. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, it's like, a, and also when you get interviews on like the people who you bring on the connections you open up to and you know, their network and yep. they also see your network. It's, it's wonderful. Um, yep. so tell us a little bit about the value, uh, proposition with a podcast. Oh, for me, the, the value proposition for me is or, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, for, for me is that I, I can control sounds like a negative word, but I don't think it is in this context. I can sort of map out uh, a certain kind of client engagement and say, what, what would I love anybody who comes into my orbit to know whether they're going to work with me or not? Um, and so I can be really consistent about my values, my brand, if you want to call it that. Um, and I can put that out on a regular basis and say, this is who I am. This is what I care about. This is what my work keeps returning to over and over again. Um, and because, excuse me, because it's consistent for me, um, I want it to be consistent for my clients, right? And for my community. Here's what's important. I think the other value proposition is it's um, it's the nurture part of marketing, right? So if you're on my newsletter list or you follow me on Facebook um, or LinkedIn, and I think Twitter, like while Twitter still exists, we'll find out whether that's a thing. I don't know what he's doing over there. But it, <laughs> you'll 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 hear like okay, there's a new podcast episode out. It talks about this, and you know you're walking the dog, and you can listen to it at your own leisure. And I'm in your ears. I'm talking to you. I care about you. I care about your well being at work. I care about whether you're flourishing or not. And um, so for my for my business, it's an ongoing sort of intimate relationship with potential clients and actual clients, right? When you're in somebody's ears for a half an hour, like they trust you. They're giving you that attention, that time. You're accompanying them while they do the dishes or walk the dog or hit the treadmill. Right, right. And also just, you know, the consistency with a podcast, that's where their trust is going to build. And, you know, you yep. think things happen with a relationship and trust, you know? So. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and that reliability is important. And yeah, I'll admit that in the first year, I was not reliable about my podcast, but you know, you, you grow in your business, you start taking yourself more seriously. And if I'm going to take myself seriously, then I take what I do seriously. Right. Yeah. I think it's so important to be, you know, consistent with the podcast, just because it builds credibility. Uh, guys, I'm tongue tied. <laughs> credibility, it builds authority. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to, it's, it's a great way to leverage your business. So, mm -hmm. yep. so important. Absolutely. And I don't think you're alone with, you know, at the beginning uh, or when you first started the podcast, not being consistent, because I, I know you're not alone there. I know. I think that's how it is with almost everyone. So <laughs> yeah, yep. no in fact, I was listening, I was listening to somebody on a podcast talking about podcast growth and yeah. the vast majority of the gazillions of podcasts out there don't make it past seven episodes, right? So if you hit 10 episodes, you're already doing okay. <laughs> Yeah, keep <laughs> because, going. You know, pod, pod, pod fade is real, right? I, I had two episodes and then I vanished into the sunset. 
Yeah. It's so true though. It's so true. Um, I was going to ask you a bit about what your client acquisition is like. So how do you go about um, getting clients and how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is such a good question because, and I'm a little heartbroken about the whole Twitter thing as people are leaving Twitter because Twitter has a really active community of academics and that's my core clientele. And so I've gotten a chunk of my clients from participating in Twitter conversations about issues in academia and in academic employment. Um, and so I don't know what 2023 is gonna bring when it comes to that type of client attraction. Um, I, have, I have a small Facebook group. There are other really large Facebook groups for my target audience. So I try to be active in there. And again, with the, um, with the mindset of not going in there to poach other people's clients, but to provide service. Like, here's my perspective on this. Here's my journey around this. Here's what I know of other people who've gone through this particular challenge um, and draw people into my orbit that way. And my favorite way to get clients is through these um, team and group engagements, right? If I come and do, right. you know, a two half days or a day long thing in your organization, and there are people in the room who are like, oh, wow, this was good. I want more of this. Um, mm -hmm. Then, yeah, come talk to me about either my one on one or my group coaching, because, you know, here's here's a slice of, you know, when I work with groups and teams, I work with the whole team and that dynamic, but each individual gets attention, whether it's an assessment or a debrief or something like that. And so that pairing of who am I and who I am at work, right? Who you are at work is what we do in the team engagement. But if you want to work on the who I am and how I optimize my own productivity and professional journey and personal skills, then come coach, come work with me. Um, right. And then it's all about you and your journey and not only about you at work and you and your employer. So uh, parlaying those group engagements, keynote talks, um, things like that into people getting in touch with me. So I gave a talk uh, Tuesday morning online to a, a group of professionals from all across Canada. I'm like, come find me. We can do Incredible. more of this. Yeah. Right, right. This is exciting. Oh, this is exciting. Um, especially like, you know, with the podcast too, the fact that you can connect, like connect with people worldwide. That's so exciting that. as well. I was just thinking of that when you're talking about, you know, attracting people and stuff yep. like that. Um, yep. Exciting, yeah, so. because it's especially post COVID, um, you know, I've done some, some in person, let me come to you to your institution and do workshops and team building things. Um, but a lot of people are like, oh, you know, budgets are tight, carbon footprints are real. Can you do this virtually? Like, sure. So like I can fly to Texas or I can just do it virtually from my chilly living room in Edmonton or my chilly office. <laughs> Sometimes I might want to fly to Texas right, you know, right. In, De in, in December, but, but the, the fact that I am super portable, even though I live really far North in Canada. That's the beauty in it. You're able to still do it yep. go, or do it virtually. Right. Yep. Yeah, love it. So, you know, we all know that within building a six figure business or or higher, you know, there's always going to be so many wins, but some of the challenges, do you mind talking mm. about 
some of the challenges you have faced, or maybe you still face, because mm-hmm. let's be real, they never, <laughs> getting to yep. that next level, they just, they will keep yep. coming. And how yep. you overcame them. Okay, so there are, I would say I face on a regular basis two kinds of challenges. One is a me issue and one is a them issue. (laughs) So the me issue, and I think this is pretty common to entrepreneurs, um, is who am I to do this work? How dare I, right? How dare I put myself out there? How dare I tell people I'm an expert, especially since I come from academia where expert means that you have the PhD and you have the publications, and you have the grants, or whatever. And I have the PhD and the publications, but that's in 19th century German literature, not in this. Um, And so my own self-doubt, my own inner critic gets in the way. And one of the things that I do to overcome that on a daily basis um, is I practice mindfulness, which for me is not only like, let's be in the moment and not catastrophize. And that's already really important, but it's, you know, it's 15 minutes a day to remind me of who I am, right? This is what I care about. This is how I serve. This is what I'm called to do. And just to like be in my own body in that moment, as opposed to letting my thoughts spiral out into the world and wondering what if or oh my, or should I, or right, all of those catastrophizing situations, right? That's all mind drama. So 15 minutes a day to not do mind drama helps a huge amount. Um, And the other thing I do is I, I think of it as throwing everything at the problem. I surround myself with the message that I'm out here doing good work in the world, my viewpoint is valuable. The message I bring to my clients and my community is super valuable. So I read books, I listen to podcasts, I, you know, I subscribe to newsletters. I'm always taking in content from people who are aligned with me. We're like, yes, this is important work. This is worth you doing. Um, Because, you know, you need support, you need, you need a boost. So I go find my boost all over the place. The them problem or the thing that I call the them problem is that my my primary target market of people in academia, um, they might not even know that what I do is a thing, right? Because executive coaching, leadership coaching, corporate coaching, performance coaching, um, (laughs) physical trainer coaching, like all of those are things Academia has this expertise mentality where like, I'm really smart, I'll go figure it out. And so right. I, I, I can tell myself the negative story that my clients don't know I exist or that the work I do exists. And that because they are all experts in whatever they do, the notion of seeking out help, being vulnerable is too risky for them. So that's, that's sort of my marketing challenge in a way is how do I create that sense of safety? What's the story I tell about like, this isn't, I've been told that I'm a therapist for people's jobs. And I actually kind of love that. I've also been told I'm a chiropractor for people's jobs because I get people in alignment. I love that too. Um, But if those aren't the metaphors that work for you, okay, let's talk about going from good to great. Let's talk about going from making it through to flourishing. And I don't care what industry you work in. There are lots of people who are just making it through. Let's talk about flourishing. 
Um, So, so my challenge really is getting people who, who are in environments where they're supposed to think of themselves as experts who need no help to look out around them and say, oh, where might I go for help in going from good to great or going from just getting through to really flourishing? Um, and, and coaching in academia is, is pretty new. There aren't a lot of us. We haven't been doing this for very long. Which I think is a beautiful thing because once it gets out there and people understand that, Hey, that is available. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like that'll change a lot. Right. Yeah. And I know that you're, you're also not alone, alone feeling like, you know, those ideal clients, um, one don't know that what you're doing exists and Mm -hmm. two, maybe are a little too proud to go get the help Mm -hmm. that we all need Mm -hmm. at some point or another, if not always, (laughs) uh, not alone, but, um, definitely, definitely relatable for sure. For, for the people listening, of course. So I'm really happy you touched on that. Yeah, I was at a conference um, where I was presenting professional development stuff at a, a, it was a bunch of cardiac researchers earlier this year. And um, I was doing a a group session, um, taking them through an exercise on leadership. And an older gentleman, super established in his career, wildly respected in what he does, piped up halfway through and said, I don't know why I it, it took me this long to even learn this stuff, right? And I loved hearing that because even though he's wildly successful in his career, me giving him a framework to think about his own leadership journey, he's like, this is super useful. Why did I sort of accidentally walk into this session? Why isn't this something that is offered more widely? And I feel like I'm over here on the sidelines waving my arms going, hey, I got a thing, <laughs> Right, so, right. So ma- matching those things up where I'm going, hey, I got a thing. And people think it learning that, oh, wow, I can learn this thing. Like that's kind of the magic uh, puzzle piece connection that, that I think we're all looking for. Right. I got a Absolutely. thing. Where are the I'm people right here. Who, who need the thing and might not even know that they need the thing? Right? Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. I think in every business, there's a point where people can relate to that. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So Jennifer, tell us a little bit about your biggest focus and desire for 2023, whether that's with the podcast, whether that's with the business, Mm -hmm. maybe it's combined Mm -hmm. with both. Absolutely. Um, You know, it's a good exercise for me to think about combining what I've been thinking of of as my biggest goal with the podcast. Um, But I tend to think of them as sort of two tracks. So I'll talk about them as two tracks. And maybe as I talk, they'll come together. Um, My biggest goal for the podcast is continued consistency, right? Um, I'm going to continue to put out a couple episodes a month. I so right now it's every other week. And if I grow and get a little bit more support, I can up the pace on that, but we'll see. Um, and as I said earlier, add in some interviews. I'm very excited about that. And my biggest business goal. So as I mentioned earlier, I just started this group program. And if I could get that 
I mean, there's there's the modest goal. There's the goal that I think that is doable, like this number of people. And then there's the stretch goal that if I had that number of people, I could hire a contract coach to help me out. And I actually have a person in mind. I would love to have her work for me. She would be great for it. Um, like that would be an amazing 2023. If I could have the group program large enough to where I did these calls and she did those calls and the people in the program got two different perspectives on support. Oh my gosh, I would love that so much. So, so that's the goal. Fill the group program. Amazing. That's exciting. Which is called flourishing at work in academia, by the way. This is also great. You know, Jennifer, if you want to touch on anything else about the programs and offers you have right now or coming up, please, mm-hmm. now is your time. Definitely let our yeah, listeners so, know. So on, on LinkedIn, I'm um, Jennifer Askey coach, and that is where I'm going to talk about. Um, so every quarter I'm going to do a masterclass. A free masterclass, come in for an hour, learn about a thing. And what's lovely about the masterclass is I don't care what industry you're in. I'm talking about goal setting. I'm talking about resilience. I'm talking about mindfulness, all of the things that are like personal practices that make you more effective at work. Um, And so if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll get info about registering for those. And yeah, that's because I want, because my clients to date haven't always been on LinkedIn. Sometimes they're on Facebook, but that's super personal. Twitter's evaporating. I don't know. So I'm really going to concentrate on LinkedIn and use that as my place where I think of, this is where I'm sending out my message, establishing my reputation and expertise because I'm a professional. LinkedIn is for professionals. This is the story I'm telling myself because internet marketing is crazy pants and I need to pick one. And so that's what I'm picking. So come follow me and engage with me on LinkedIn about what it means to like be your best self at work. That's what I would love for people to do. And then if you want to come take in free content and master classes around productivity and mindfulness, come hang out with me and Um, If you are a knowledge worker and want to use yourself as your best asset to be your most creative, productive self, like use your own mind and body to do that. Let's have a chat. It's my jam. I love talking about it. I love supporting people. I love having partners in this work. And I'd love to hear from other entrepreneurs because I think I mean, my academics would cringe if they heard me say this, but if you're a a professor, you're a tiny entrepreneur. You have to sell your research. You have to sell your teaching. You're selling yourself all the time, right? You have to convince people, this is right. My opinion is right. So um, that entrepreneur mindset informs all of my work, whether I'm talking to the academics or to the business folks. So come hang out. Incredible. Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time on your date, even when you're sick, to come on my show. <laughs> yeah, I don't and... normally sound this smoky. But thank you, Brittany. <laughs> Absolutely. You sound fine. And I, but I'm I'm really appreciative of how you were able to make this work today. I, it was a pleasure having you. We t- I'm so happy with the takeaways we got and the value yeah. that you added to my show. That's exactly what I'm looking for. So Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I I look forward to hearing from your community. Absolutely. And to being part of it. Yes, absolutely. This is the great thing about podcasting. Yep.
Group, if you're, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe if you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on just like our amazing Jennifer did to tell your story, talk about your business and podcast, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Brittany. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.